Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I assume if you have any interest in in this sort of thing at all, you're aware that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage for reals at the Oscar last night. Mad about a joke. Chris Rock made about his wife. I've always wondered about that. The uh, the whole, like, really get into people's personal lives jokes that the Chris Rocks and the Ricky Gervaises of the world are willing to make. And uh, you're just supposed to sit there and smile. And if you don't just laugh along with it, you're seen as, like, not cool. Ha, ha, ha. You've said something incredibly insulting that in any other setting, I would say F you and maybe even hit you. But in this setting, for some reason, I'm just supposed to throw back my head with laughter or I'm not a good sport. I've always wondered about that. And occasionally you do have the Hollywood star who sits there staring angrily. And, and they're usually, but they usually, it seems to me, get the bad end of the PR uh, on that. If you, Like I said, if you don't, just don't throw back your head with laughter. At something that, in any other circumstance, would be considered out of bounds, you're uh, you're just you're not cool somehow. Will, Will Smith didn't take it well. So the reason we're going to play this unbleeped version is so uh, I was. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to play the unbleeped version. Well, bleeped by us. Oh, I see. Not bleeped by was it ABC? ABC that, yeah, that had the who Oscars? just had long blank spaces. Yeah, right. So I didn't have any intention of watching the Oscars. I was where it was on. I was not going to watch at all. I'd only seen one of the movies. <laughs> And uh, and the show itself, I don't care about. But uh, well, so and it's beyond that. It's disgusting. It's repugnant. Those people, I hate them. <laughs> and last year, nine million people watched, and I'll bet it was less this year. But anyway, uh, so our Twitter feed, amongst all of us on the show, started to blow up, and uh, I saw a little thing about that. And Michael thought that it was fake, and I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. And I could understand why anybody thought it was fake who watched it on the actual ABC telecast because the the um where they b- killed the audio because of the f bombs and everything like that were so long you couldn't tell what was going on in mm-hmm. in real time it was impossible to know what was going on and they do bits like that all the time so i would have thought it was a bit probably too but here's the audio i don't know where this was captured but i know a number of people in australia were putting out the full audio because for some reason they didn't bleep it in australia they ran well, the whole I'm told the audio ran unedited worldwide, except for the United States. Really? According to the New York Times, yeah. How does that work? And why? Do you have any idea? Because Janet Jackson showed her nipple 20 years ago. Uh, Is the rest of the world... 25 years ago. Is the rest of the world just that much more capable of dealing with the occasional F-bomb that might slip out on an award show, but we're so horrified that it'll bring the nation to its knees that that we do? That's the assumption I made. I don't know. It seemed odd to me, too. Is there anything else we need to set up visually for anybody that hasn't heard this? Chris Rock's on stage making his jokes. Will Smith's in the front row with his wife. Yeah, Chris Rock was well back from the front of the stage. Will Smith had to walk up a fair distance. I'm sure Chris Rock thought it was going to be some sort of bit when Will Smith uh, approached the stage. Anyway, let's listen to it, then we can discuss. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. 
So, Will Smith's wife, uh, if you don't know this, has uh, uh, some sort of condition where her hair is super duper short. It's a medical thing. It falls out. Yeah. And um, not a cool joke, I don't think. No, it's no, it's not an appropriate joke. I mean, yeah, if somebody has a physical infirmity, you don't make a happy, happy joke about it. But uh, Will Smith probably didn't need to walk up on stage and hit him. Um, Probably wishes he hadn't. I think if he'd had just gone with the yelling from his seat, keep my wife's name out of your having mouth. I think he'd had the whole world on his side, and he might have the whole world on his side anyway. But. Or even walked up on stage and delivered that uh, pungent message. Um, here's what a weirdo like me does. So after I saw this last night, I did so. So I thought Chris Rock was amazingly calm about a guy walking up and punching him, <laughs> and then I react. So I did a little research. I thought, do either one of these guys have scrappy backgrounds? Because you never know. You never have any idea if like somebody grew up like in a super rich background and uh, this sort of uh, dust up would be completely unknown to them or if they grew up fighting their whole lives and i couldn't find much information on will smith it it certainly sounds like he had a pretty middle class or more life chris rock on the other hand who grew up in brooklyn and then bedford stye and got beat up at school all the time apparently that is not the first time by a long shot that anybody's walked up and punched him Right. Which would help because I don't. I did not get punched a lot in my life. Some guy walks up to me and punches me. I'd be like, "Holy crap!" It, it, just to clarify, it was an open hand slap. Either way, which, which you is were assaulted, physically different. assaulted. Oh, oh yeah, I know. But uh, thank God, it's been a very, very long time since I've been in a fight. But I will tell you this: the adrenaline of being in a fight, you can take that punch and you're fine. Then about an hour later, when things calm down, you realize, man, my jaw really hurts. And then by morning, you can't chew, and you're eating soup and milkshakes for the next four <laughs> days. So, uh, yeah, I have a feeling one of the reasons Chris Rock was so uh, calm about it was that, uh, that that fight adrenaline was going through his system. Yeah, I don't think Otto would just live in, wow, he just smacked the S out of me. That was something. Um, uh <laughs> Although when 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 Will Smith was walking up there, I would have assumed like Chris Rock did that this is going to be a bit of some sort. Well, anything but what it was. <laughs> yeah, he may be a stern talking to, like you suggest. Will Smith had some self control as he played Muhammad Ali in that movie several years back and got in like super great shape for all that sort of stuff. Um, he's like super ripped, Will Smith, and a big mm-hmm. guy. If he had decided to like ball up his fist and just punch him straight in the face. He would have leveled him, but he he had the yeah. self control to not do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and Chris Rock said to, to the cops, "No, no, no, nothing. I'm not on report. Nothing. nothing oh, really? Happened. The cops got involved? Well, yeah. He was at some point. Somebody asked whether a, a report was filed, and the and the cops said no. I guess I don't know if it went. Well, beyond of course that. not. You can't do that. That would be a horrible look. 
Yeah, no, you're fine. And, he, and Chris Rock has plenty of money. He doesn't need to sue Will Smith. Well, no, but you can't you can't get up and make jokes about some guy's wife, and then he gets mad at you and slaps you, and you're going to call the cops. That would be the end of your career as Chris Rock. Yeah, I think you're right. If Absolutely. I, I actually thought if I'm Chris Rock and I had been, you know, not just been smacked in the face on television by a big guy and had my wits completely about me, I think if I were Chris Rock, I would have said, oh, great, now I'm going to have to talk about this event for the rest of my life, because that is true. He won't do an interview maybe again in his life where this doesn't come up. Well, and how about Will Smith? Moments later, the pinnacle of his career, and anybody could the only thing anybody could think about was, that's the guy who just smacked Chris Rock. I don't think we've even mentioned that Will Smith won the Oscar for best actor last night which is a big deal and but yeah that's completely lost that is completely lost so that didn't work in his favor yeah let's uh let's play a couple of clips of his speech which i thought was actually kind of interesting and i hate the oscars i didn't watch it just took in some highlights can you tell me um because i didn't even know will smith was up for an oscar i've never heard of this movie what's what's the movie king richard just saw it it's very good movie Oh, there you go. I Michael. believe it's yeah. good. What, what's it about? Because it, it uh, plays, Venus and uh, Serena Williams. It plays into the move into, to his speech, right? Yes, exactly. He portrayed the father, the fiercely protective father of Venus and Serena Williams. Oh, jumping to get jumping that guy. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Michael, go with uh, thirty-four and then thirty-five, right back to back. Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. I'm being called on in my life to love people and to protect people and to be a river to my people. Uh, go ahead, 3637. I know to do what we do, you got to be able to take abuse you got to be able to have people talk crazy about you in this business you got to be able to have people disrespecting you and you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay but richard williams and what i loved thank you d denzel said to me a few minutes ago he said at your highest moment be careful that's when the devil comes for you That's pretty good stuff, that Denzel Washington quote. I'd never heard that before, but that yeah. is, that's certainly Oof. true. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> that's a good one right there. Yeah, boy, how true is that, too? Whether you believe in the devil or not, or just temptations of various sorts. So um, I mentioned a co-worker gave me some insight on this that it hadn't occurred to me. He said, I guarantee you that slap was about all of the emotions he's got around his wife, was sleeping with some other dude. Do you remember when that was in the news? I mean, we never talked about it because we don't do that sort of tabloid stuff. But Yeah, well, they've got a quote-unquote open marriage, Well, they I did guess. briefly, but they weren't supposed to actually sleep with other people, and his wife we did. Yes, yeah, it was something like that. And anyway, she <laughs> did, and he found out about it, but claims he is okay with it or hurt by whatever it was. But uh, so, uh, someone was telling me, I guarantee you, that was all the pent-up frustration of the somebody being with his wife and disrespecting his wife and disrespecting their marriage, and they're Chris Rock's... Chris Rock's face was that dude. I don't have any idea the psychology of that sort of thing, but hmm. they they have been those two. 
I don't follow this sort of stuff, but I've just seen the headlines of the New York Post. I don't click on the story. Will Smith and his wife have been all kinds of crazy stuff for the last several years. Saying crazy things, doing crazy things. They're not a completely stable, normal couple. No. Well, not by my standards, no. So whatever's going on there, I, I don't know. Let him to walk up on stage and punch somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. It's the most exciting thing that's happened on the Oscars ever. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, all the uh, the comedians' jokes were insufferable and smug and, and contemptuous of everybody to the right of uh, AOC, which was to be expected. Has Chris Rock uh, made any sort of statement like, I shouldn't have made that joke or anything like that? Has he said anything? No. Not that I'm aware of. Ow, my jaw hurts. That's a that's really un- that's a really un- I love Chris Rock. I'm a big Chris Rock fan. I th- that's a terrible joke. That is not cool at all. Yeah, if somebody has some sort of nerve damage to their face, making a joke about a whole droopy face over there isn't laughing. I mean, no, you're gonna get hit. <laughs> for for instance, yeah, that well, is not a good joke. It. No, he's lucky he just slapped him with an open hand. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, mentioned some of the poll numbers that came out yesterday on Joe Biden. One extraordinary number, but there's some other numbers behind the numbers that are worth talking about uh, to a certain extent. And everything else, news of the day, or you can text us anytime, any of these things we talk about, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. By a fairly large 71-28% to margin, Americans say they do not have a lot of confidence in President Biden's ability to respond to this war. 57% say we are already at war with Russia or will be within a year, a very pessimistic view. What's more, 68% would prefer Mr. Biden make the economy his top priority, compared with just 29% want him to focus on ending this war. I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, 56% of Americans think we're already at war with Russia. We kind of are. Yeah, proxy war. Um, but that first number, not only is it a bad number for Joe Biden, that over 70% of Americans have very little confidence in his ability to run this war, um, the fact that Meet the Press led with it and presented it the way they did. That, you know, a, a, a lefty going to look for any opportunity to help him out news show really, really did damage to him yesterday, I thought. so. But that's, you know, that's where we are. Um, I like this story, whether it's true or not. Some of these turn out to be true, some of them don't. Russian soldier allegedly surrendered his tank for $10,000 in Ukrainian citizenship. That might have happened. I don't know. It's a good move. If you're thinking you're going to die in that tank because the Ukrainians have all those anti-tank weapons, and if you think your cause is stupid, which it is, I can see how you might do that. Well, yeah, you see enough uh, burned-out tanks as you're rolling along the road, you start to get ideas. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned this earlier. Here's the exact... uh, What President Zelensky said yesterday, that Ukraine is willing to become neutral, which is something that they weren't willing to do before, and compromise over the status of the eastern Donbass region as part of a peace deal. President Zelensky said that in a statement over the weekend. 
and took that message directly to Russian media um, to try to get it uh, you know, on the air so that the population would know about it. And Putin made some noises about, our goal has always been to, you know, protect Donbass. So he kind of backed off of what his goals were. So there is some movement there where you, maybe they could come together on some sort of end the war. God, it would look... It looked, you know, it's a sunk cost, but it's 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 tragic no matter what. But God dang it, if all Putin gets out of it is is practically nothing, and all those people had to die, and all those homes destroyed, just what what an awful situation. Yeah, well, I agree with that a hundred percent. I find it a bit of a stretch that Putin is going to give up <clears throat> on the whole land bridge to Crimea idea. He wants that whole southern coast. So that you can just flow goods and services and, and, and equipment in and out of Crimea as needed, um, which is going to be uh, asking too much, I think, of Zelensky. I don't know. Maybe they can come up with a deal that the Russians don't have to pay tolls on the highway or something. But that's going to be a big sticking point. There are now four million refugees. The Pew Research Center, which keeps track of such things, said this is now the fifth as of today, fifth biggest refugee crisis in world history. Uh, over the last 60 years mm. uh, and growing. It's not even close to done yet. It might be the all-timer by the time we're done. Also, the Biden administration is doing their best to hide all of the statistics about what's going on on the border. We can bring you some of those stats, plus worldwide famine on the way. You haven't heard about this? Oh, yeah, more good news. If you miss a chunk of the show, grab the podcast anytime you want. Armstrong and Getty. So all in all, I think it was, you know, it wasn't in his speech. Uh, He's known to do this, but sometimes saying these things have a purpose. When Ronald Reagan called the Soviet Union the evil empire back in 1983, and everybody said, oh, my goodness, this is shocking what he said. Now we all remember that. As a, as a very clear statement of the truth back then. And here's the difference, though. So Joe Biden over the weekend saying Putin should not remain in power at the end of his speech. Seems like it was just ad-libbed off the cuff. There, there have been books written about Reagan's plan of whether or not we should call it an evil empire, whether or not we should, say, tear down that wall. The advantages and disadvantages, blah, blah, blah. Some people thought it was a bad idea, but it wasn't a just random threw away a line because he was he was rolling. That's right. what worries me. I'm not bothered. That if Joe, if that had been part of Joe Biden's speech, I'd have been fine with it. Whatever. Um, but if it's just, you know, because you're feeling the crowd, that's that's not and you're old. Uh, that's that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I if it was intentional, I disagree with the strategy. But it, you know what the hell? You, you have to assume they came up with a strategy and executed it. But yeah, to have a rambling old man who's never been too sharp, uh, just all of a sudden throw out a provocation like that—that's just not good. Well, we don't know what their intel is. If they have an intel that Putin's on the verge of you know cracking, and they they just believe that if he thought we were coming to get him, he'd back off. If you know, there's some reason for it. Fine, no. but if you're just if you're just a guy who's used to standing up in front of adoring fans and you're on a roll and you throw out lines because it gets claps, that's not the way to do it. 
No, no, indeed. Especially if you're, I don't know, senile. So, <laughs> speaking True of Biden, international that's a good point, sir. Uh, we really ought to get to a story that has been covered up by all the other events transpiring around the globe, and that's the throwing open of the southern U.S. border by the Biden administration. Some of the statistics are just shocking, so we'll get to that before too long. Um, I want to talk to you about this uh, idea of a coming global famine. Tim Sandifer sent to us this article over the weekend, and I, I read it with great interest and came out of it thinking, well, holy crap, this is all we need. I'll give you the short version. And, and you know, honestly, as I was reading it, every single thing I read, I think, okay, can we use this for the show? How do we pre- present this on the, the show? Um, I got to the end of this and thought, I'm not sure I want to bring people down. But, you know, upon further reflection, I thought, you know, better off being informed than than go into this blindly. I'll, I'll read you a couple quotes, then kind of summarize it for you. Um, the tempest caused by the European energy disaster has merged with the hurricane of consequences flowing from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, forming the genesis of a generational crisis in food that will leave few unaffected. Unaffected. While we've been warning about just such a scenario for some time, after spending the past two weeks traveling across the U.S. Midwest and conferring with our contacts in the agricultural sector, even we are a little spooked by what we've learned. In a financial crash, the correlation between all asset classes converges to one. The coming crash in global food supply will be driven by a similar phenomenon across virtually every input into farming. They are all spiking to historic highs simultaneously. Supply availability is diminishing across the spectrum, and the time to reverse the worst of the upcoming consequences is rapidly running short. Man, Other is this, than that, things are great, they say. Man, is this flying under the radar? I don't hear anybody talking about this. So what, what, do, what do various countries need to do to avert a global food shortage? And I don't understand how that works. Of course, I would have never believed that you could have, you know, had a used Camry sell for $60,000 because there's such a shortage of cars. I never thought that could happen. Right, right. Well, to, to answer your question, and I think their last sentence was the one that, that counts, it's the time to reverse the worst of the upcoming consequences is rapidly running short. Um, and as long as you answer the question, it could be there will need to be a massive, massive um, uh, redistribution of income toward farms. Here's why. We begin with the price of fertilizer, which has been soaring to record highs across the globe. Key sources of nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus, which are all critical, have all gone vertical. Ammonia is derived directly from natural gas, and the price of natural gas outside of the U.S. has gone vertical. So the price of pneumonia, uh, I'm sorry, not pneumonia. (laughs) The price of pneumonia is you cough a lot and sometimes go to the hospital. Uh, The price of ammonia has tripled over the past 12 months. Belarus, third largest supplier of potash in the world, uh, etc. Sanctions have cut off that supply. Number two supplier, Russia. Uh, And China halted all phosphate exports last fall in in an effort to ensure adequate domestic supply. Long story short, fertilizer supplies skyrocketing. Weed control, an important element of farming. They go into various chemicals and how they're derived and and where you can get them and the rest of it. Um, And there is a giant shortage of glyphosate, which is in Roundup. Uh, but never mind the controversies over Roundup. It's still widely used. 
Uh, here are uh, here's a couple of quotes from an article in the Western Producer, which is a farming magazine. The much ballyhooed glyphosate shortage is just the first domino to fall, according to a leading crop protection company. Um, you know, this is getting long. Skyrocketing herbicide prices, diesel huge input to farming, global supply crunch, skyrocketing prices for diesel fuel. Um, and once again, we discover the vital role natural gas plays in many downstream verticals, which is a technical term, uh, drying grains. Much of the country depends on, uh, da, 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 what did I just say? I've got this list in front of me and I lost my place. Uh, natural gas and, uh, and propane. Propane and natural gas prices are both skyrocketing, and a huge amount of uh, propane is used to dry grains across America. Uh, even generously assuming farmers can cobble together enough fertilizer, herbicide, machinery, and labor to produce a good harvest this fall. Oh, that's the other thing they touch on. A critical labor shortage in agriculture. They may be left to deal with yet another mm. crisis of supply that few have on the radar. That's propane, and they go into the millions and millions of gallons used in propane, the skyrocketing prices of that. Uh, let me skip to the end here. Um, so I'm guessing even if if we, with our mighty economic might, can figure out a way to deal with the food shortage, a lot of the world would not be able to. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. So to summarize, uh, we believe we are at the onset of a global famine of historic proportions. Wow. That's a heck of a that's a, that's a heck of a sentence. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, in a staggering defiance of logic, many U.S. politicians are still attacking the lifeblood of our own energy production infrastructure, looking to score political points against, quote, the other team, blaming price-taking producers of global commodities for gouging, threatening producers of energy with windfall profits taxes, resisting calls to remove bureaucratic hurdles to new production, and refusing to open an introductory physics textbook to help guide them through the suite of policy choices that require true leadership to get right. They remain stuck in an endless loop of platitudes, blamestorming, corruption, and ignorance. Well, that's true. And, uh, we pride ourselves in seeing patterns early and being months ahead of the news flow. We are consistently human-centric. Never have we been more certain in our beliefs while fervently wishing that we are wrong. A global famine is no joke, and correctly forecasting one would bring no joy. So how much would that affect the United States, though? You know, Not, not that I want anybody to die of hunger anywhere, but I really don't want it to happen here. I think it'll have an enormous effect on the United States. I think it will not be a fatal effect like it will be in other countries. I think you'll see rates of inflation that will will boggle your mind, and food-related. Crazy prices. Yeah, just insane prices of food. But probably enough food. I just can't imagine the United States ever not having enough food. How about crap? Will there be plenty of crap, like stuff in cellophane wrappers at the grocery store I can eat? Well, probably so, and fast food. Uh, although, you know, there'll be enough food, but if 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 your $150 grocery bill that you could barely afford becomes a $350 grocery bill, people who don't have another $200 will not have enough food. Well, in the $150 grocery bill you started with was 75 two years ago. Right, yeah, so it depends how rich you are, frankly, whether there will be enough food. So who knows what we'll see. A quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, recently named the best home security uh, by U.S. News, PC Magazine, Popular Science. They all agree it is the best, and you can customize the system easily and quickly for your home. 
Yeah, I love the fact that so many reviewers have recognized how great Simply Safe is. I hope I hope you take their word for it. That Simply Safe is just plain the best security system out there. The fact that it's less than a dollar a day is just you know makes it a win win. You set it up yourself in around thirty minutes. There's never a long term contract. You can even try it for sixty days risk free if you like. Send it back if you don't like it. It's already in over a million homes. If you want home security and you should now, go with Simply Safe. Man, I love that wireless outdoor camera. Always lets you know what's happening at your front door, even while you're away. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Rosie O'Donnell has weighed in on the slappered around the world. Oh, good says that Will Smith is like a narcissistic madman similar to Trump and not being held accountable. So I'm glad somebody finally decided to somehow get Trump roped into this tangentially. That's what we needed. you got to repeat what you said to me off the air. It's a good point. What did I say off the air? About Michael. No, I'm kidding. What did I say uh, about Michael off the air? You said it's too bad Trump isn't still the president oh. and on Twitter because he yeah. would be commenting at length. That would have been awesome. If Trump still had his Twitter account, he would have been so hot last night. <laughs> would really have enjoyed former president of the United States tweeting about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. That would have been great. Need more of that sort of thing. The quality of the slap and uh, the experiences experiences he'd had with either man or both. I love it. I absolutely love it. Rosie O'Donnell weighing is is a good sign, though. So, (sighs) I wonder if, to a certain extent, like the psyche of the United States is when things like this happen. Need just a little. Need a little release valve. Been paying a little attention to a lot of Ukraine here. Just a little. This doesn't actually matter, but it's fun to talk about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Oh, yeah, I, I can see the uh, the angry emails coming. I haven't checked, but I'm sure they're already there. Why are you stupid idiots wasting your time on... Yeah, you know what? You're a crazy angry person. To lighten the freaking mood, that's why. That's Joe ang- uh, arguing with crazy angry person. Joe will uh, walk up on stage and slap him. Well, having just you know tried to lighten the mood by bringing up global famine, yeah, I'm in a bit of a mood. Global famine. That is, that is about as serious a topic as you can get. Uh, before we take a break, here's my favorite Onion headline came across over the weekend. Really like this. The Onion's a fake newspaper, you realize? <laughs> well, it's a real newspaper. Well, anyway. <laughs> Reporter who found three angry tweets about issue guesses that's an article right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That is so much of modern journalism. How many stories are now crafted around three angry tweets from nobodies? Right. You gather three of them together, and then you... People upset with, people angry at. Wow, that's weak. That, it's that weak might, and lazy. That's the weakest form of journalism out there that I that I'm af- the only reason I mention it is I'm afraid it has an effect on things. People see the headline. Well, people are really upset. People are upset about. They gathered three tweets from randos. That yeah. doesn't mean anything. People are upset about a baby lamb being born. I guarantee you, they're angry tweets. Quit polluting my eyes with this gross lamb video. A little child singing a hymn to Jesus. Get this crap off my screen. 
People are angry about everything. Speaking of angry tweets. And I'm angry at them. Elon Musk said he's seriously considering creating a new social media platform, and he's one of the few people on Earth rich enough to actually, you know, get something significant going. So we'll see if he uh, stays with that idea for a day or two or flits off to something else, as he often does. Oh, yeah. Starts designing a new submarine. (laughs) I forgot about the Cybertruck. I probably should get back to that. Um, We didn't get to more of those poll numbers from the big NBC polling. It's pretty interesting. Man, the right track, wrong track is horrible right now. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Philadelphia Wildcats are headed to the Final Four. The Blue Devils are bound for the Big Easy. Jesus Jayhawks are going to the Final Four for the 16th time in their 50th NCAA tournament. North Carolina is heading back to the Final Four. So, uh, if you don't follow sports, you don't care. But if you follow college basketball, the fact that North Carolina is going to play Duke in the Final Four, the last year of Krzyzewski's career, and they just beat Duke at Cameron, that is a hell of a setup for a dramatic game right there. Make Will Smith and Chris Rock look like best buddies. Uh, So, President Zelensky of Ukraine said this over the weekend. Did you know that we found their dress uniforms? I don't know if you know this or not, but it's a bit funny. It would have been funny if it wasn't so tragic. How they were preparing to hold a parade at the Independence Square, basically to ride through it on the third or fourth day. So Zelensky's claiming they found Russian dress uniforms they believe were for a victory parade. They plan to have days after they invaded, which obviously has not worked out that way. Now, now uh, both sides seem to be backing off their more absolutist statements about where this war is going to go, with Putin now claiming, no, the whole goal of the war was to just secure this Donbass region, which is not what he was saying at the beginning. And President Zelensky saying victory is being able to save as many lives as possible, which... Um, you know, is is backing off a little bit from, you know, we can't reward this with granting them any land and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, right. And there are direct talks in Turkey planned, or did those start today? I can't remember. Today, but I, yeah. Face-to-face talks, yeah, between representatives of the two countries. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if they come up to an... Obviously, the war ending would be a good thing. It does reward really bad behavior by Russia to a certain extent, but as... I think President Zelensky's saying, yeah, all those families who won't die, that will die if this drags on, they they don't care. Right, right. And and keep in mind, there's no certainty that the wrong could be undone anyway. So all those people might die in vain. Good point. Yeah, it's sickening to see Putin rewarded for what he's done. But uh, if that's the best alternative, the alternative, it's the best alternative. Couple of poll numbers I found interesting. This one out of Germany. New poll in Germany. Uh, the, per- the very high percentage of respondents that support 
Schultz's new defense package and plans to strengthen the armed forces. And how about this one? 78% of Germans support sending weapons to Ukraine. Why is that interesting? That nearly four out of five Germans are for sending weapons to Ukraine? It was at 15% in late January when they polled it. So it went from 15% to dang near 80% in a very short period of time. There has been a sea change in the attitude of the German people and a lot of Europe. You know, I went back to some statements Trump made about NATO and Germany and Europe a couple of years ago where he was just lecturing them up and down that Germany being dependent on Russia is suicide. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And he was completely right. But it's just it's amazing to me the extent to which I don't know, is it lack of imagination or wishful thinking or whatever that the German people could go from there is no problem here is all is good to war with Russia, war with Russia when reality kicks them in the craw. Mm hmm. Right in the leader hose. I mean, from nobody to like everybody. It's yeah. amazing. Stick that in your stein and drink it. And then a poll from uh, yeah. America. Right track, wrong track is often seen as a uh, real predictor of things. Currently, 71% of Americans say that the nation is on the wrong track. 22% say we're on the right track. 71% wrong track is bad for the party in power. That's a high oh, yeah. number. Yeah, that part's... Oh, that's undeniable. Uh, you know, my quibble, as always, is, you know, if half the country thinks it's too liberal and half think it's too conservative, 100% will say the wrong track, but they have no other agreement with each other. But as a generalized measure of whether uh, things people are feeling good or not, eh, they're not. Man, there's a lot to happen between uh, the November elections and the presidential election. A lot. How does how does Ukraine turn out? How how does the inflation turn out? All these different things. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty.com. Armstrong and Getty.